the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. I want to talk today about a parable. Actually, it's two parables, but they, again, emphasize the same truth in the Gospel of Luke. And I want to talk about the power of prayer in your life, the power of prayer in your life. And my title today is It Pays to Pray. Would you say it with me? It pays to pray. Luke chapter 11, we're introduced to this story that Jesus gives. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend. So he's telling a story. Suppose you have a friend, you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. So here's the story. Jesus said, I want to talk to you about what it would be like if you were at home one night and a friend shows up, it's midnight and and they're hungry. They've just arrived there from a trip and they need some food and you don't have anything to give them. Notice the next statement, verse 7, and suppose, uh, verse 6, a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer, and suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children and I are in bed, I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity or your boldness, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. And so here's again the story. You've got someone that shows up at your house. It's midnight. You have no food to give them. So you go to your neighbor's house and you knock on the door. You say, I need to borrow some food from you. I need some bread to feed these visitors that have just showed up at my house. Can I get some food for you? And the person inside says, it's midnight. It's late. I'm already in bed. All the doors are locked. The kids are sleeping. Don't bother me. And Jesus said, if you keep knocking eventually out of your boldness, this person will get up and give to you what you have need of, not because just they're your, they're, they're, they're your neighbor or friend, but because of your shameless audacity, because of your boldness, you kept on knocking. And then he says in verse 9, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So all this passage, this story, it's about prayer. It's about persistent prayer. He's not teaching us here that God is resistant to answering our prayers. He's teaching us that we need to be persistent in our prayers. Let me say that again. He is not teaching us that God is resistant to us when we pray. So we sort of have to pester God until he finally does something. No, that's not the story. That's not the essence of the story. He's teaching us that God's not resistant to our prayers, but he's teaching us to be persistent in our praying. 
In fact, the words that are used here in the Greek language, for those who ask, keep on asking, receive. Those who seek, keep on seeking is the Greek term there. We'll find those who knock, keep on knocking, the door will be open. So the idea is persistency. It pays to pray. And then in chapter 18 of Luke, we find another iteration of this parable, another aspect of the story, just in a little bit different form. Jesus gives it again. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them, here's the lesson, to show them that they should always pray and not what? Not give up. So he said, here's what it's all about. These parables on prayer, I want to teach you about persistence. I want to teach you about praying in such a way that you never give up. And then he gives a story. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to him, even though I don't, uh, even, said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night, will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Again, the principle is very clear. Jesus says there was a judge and a widow who had a situation of injustice. And so the widow goes to the judge and, and requests help, requests assistance. And the judge is a person that doesn't fear God, actually doesn't care about people at all. But this widow keeps coming back time and time again. And ultimately, the judge does for her her what she has need of and resolves the situation. And again, we're taught the principle of the importance of persistence in prayer. Not that God is resistant to answer our prayers, but you and I need to learn persistence when we pray. And that's the whole principle of the story and the key to this story. Both of these stories is found in Luke 18, verse 1. We read it a moment ago, but listen to it again. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable, a story, a lesson to show them that they should always pray and do what? Not give up. Always pray and don't give up. So here's the story. This is the essence of what he wants us to learn the value of persistence in our prayer. So I'm going to talk to us today about the importance of praying consistently and persistently in our lives. Because there are times that we pray and we don't see an answer and we're wondering what's going on in my life. Have you ever been discouraged when you've been praying? You've been asking God to do something and you don't see an answer coming your way. And so what do we do when our prayers aren't answered? How should we think about this? And how should we respond in prayer when it feels as though we're not making any progress in our prayer life? Number one, we, may, we must understand. Jesus teaches us, I believe, in this, the, these parables that prayer is supposed to be an interaction with God, not a transaction with God. If I were to ask you what prayer is, what would your answer be? Well, the simple answer to what prayer is is simply talking to God. That's what it's all about. When you, you, anytime you're addressing God and talking to God, that's called prayer. Now, here's the deal with most of us as human beings. We tend to pray when we're in trouble. Something comes up, and we've got a crisis that's going on in our lives, and prayer is our 911 call. God, please come and help me. I need you to do something in my life right now. And that's really, for a lot of people, the basic extent of their prayer life. They pray very little. They might whisper prayers here and there, but they really pray. They really get serious praying when they're in trouble. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's a wonderful thing to know that we can go to God when we're in trouble and we can pray. In fact, James tells us if anyone's in trouble, let him pray. Prayer is a very vital response when you're in a troubled time. But prayer is never designed, was never designed by God primarily as a transaction. God, I'm in trouble. I need a transaction from heaven. Come down and fix something for me. Because our God is not a vending machine. And that's the way a lot of people think of God. Well, I've somehow I, I have a need, so I'm going to punch the prayer button, and out will come my answer, and then we're all good. And, and, and the only time I'll talk to God or spend any time with him is when the next situation comes up. Then I'll run back to the prayer vending machine again, and I'll press the button again, and I'll have something that comes out as an answer. And so it's always about a transaction. I need to get something from God. You can have transactions with people without having a relationship with people. You have transactions every day. You go to the grocery store and you buy stuff. You have transactions in various aspects of business. You don't have a relationship with the person, but you have transactions with them. And so oftentimes we can be very impersonal in our relationship with God. We are in a transactional mode. And God says, no, 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 I'm not a vending machine. I'm not just interested in having a transaction with you. I want a relationship with you. I want interaction with you. And so oftentimes our prayers are not answered in the time frame that we want them to be answered because God is trying to teach us that it's not about a transaction. It's about building a relationship. It's about building this interaction with him. This coming May, in just about uh, two months' time, my wife and I will be married for 46 years. Y'all pray for her. She needs prayer, okay? 46 years. Think about that, okay? And over 46 years, we've learned something. We're not interested in just having transactions with each other. We're interested in having a relationship with each other. So you never build a relationship on transactions. You build a relationship on interaction. And so prayer is not about getting something from God. It's about consistently interacting with him. Acts chapter 1, verse 14, the early church, notice how it describes them. They all join together. Notice the phrase, constantly in prayer. Notice that that emphasis, constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers, Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves, the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to they devoted themselves to prayer. So it wasn't a transaction. It was something they were building a relationship with God concerning. They devoted themselves to it. That's a relational word. Devotion is a relational word. Colossians 4.2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. First Thessalonians 5.17, pray how? Continually. Continually, not just when you're in trouble. It's okay to pray when you're in trouble, but the emphasis here is on relationship. See, if every prayer you prayed was instantly answered and God was like, okay, you asked me that, here you go, then you and I would build a relationship with God that is only transactional. But sometimes God says, I'm not going to answer that right now because I want to spend some time with you. I want us to get to know each other a little bit better. I want us to spend some time together. And so I'm going to hold off what you're asking me for so you can learn to trust me. You can learn to relate to me. We can have a relationship together. Never in your relationship with God substitute interaction with transaction. God is a relational God. He is a father who wants to spend time with you. And that's really what prayer is all about. Here's the second lesson that we learn from these parables. Why did Jesus teach us that we should always pray and not give up? He taught us this because some prayers are only answered over a period of time. There are going to be some prayers that you're going to pray in your life that are not going to come quickly. They're only going to be answered over an extended period of time. 
And there's a reason for this. It's because our God is an eternal God. He doesn't view time and space as we do. So we live in the realm of time and space. You have a watch and you have a calendar and you measure the time and days and hours and months and years and decades. That's how we live as human beings. But God doesn't exist that way. God created time and space, but God is beyond time and space. He's the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. God's not checking his, his watch in heaven, okay? God doesn't have a watch in heaven. God is the eternal, timeless God, Amen. And so we live in the realm of time and space. And so because we live in the realm of time and space, we measure the answer to our prayers in days and months. Well, I've been praying about this for a month now. Well, I've been praying about this for a year now. And so we measure it in time and space. Now listen to what the scripture says about how God measures time. Second Timothy chapter, excuse me, second Peter chapter three, verse eight. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. Some things feel like it takes longer with God and then God is also able to do things far more quickly than you can see them done. Incredibly. Sometimes it feels like it's a thousand years. I've been praying about that. Other times it comes so quick that it seems like what could have happened or taken a thousand years to happen happens in a day. Isn't that incredible? Because God is beyond time and space. So some answers to your prayers are only going to come over a period of time. It should not surprise you that it requires a persistence. Jesus said, I want to teach you that you should always pray and not give up. Always keep on praying and not give up. I'm going to quickly give you five reasons why your prayers take time. You ready for this? Here are five reasons why your prayers are going to take time. Number one, because you're fighting against some dark evil forces when you pray. When you pray, you're, you're in battleground. When I fight, I'll fight on my knees. That's why we sing songs like that, because really prayer is really a battle that you're engaging in against darkness. See, there are forces that are resisting God's will in the world. And so when you pray, you and I are trying to advance God's will, and there's darkness pushing against that. And so prayer is a battleground. It's a battleground. I'll illustrate it this way. Let's say that you had a massive stone or brick wall in front of you that you needed to get past. You needed a a breakthrough to the other side. And let's say that you had a sledgehammer in your hand to get you through that massive brick or stone wall. And you use that sledgehammer against that stone wall. Would Would the wall break on the first swing? No. In fact, it might take multiple swings of the sledgehammer to start cracking that wall and the, the concrete, concrete mortar in that, in, the, in, in, that, in that structure. You're going to have to swing and swing and then cracks form and then a portion will fall off and ultimately the whole wall will come down. You'll have a breakthrough, but it would not happen unless you continue to swing the sledgehammer against the wall. And that's what prayer is like every time you get on your knees and there's some stronghold that you're trying to overcome in your life. You're taking a spiritual sledgehammer in the name of Jesus and you're swinging against that that wall that is resistant to God's will in your life and you're dealing blows to the works of darkness. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You're not struggling against flesh and blood. You're doing works against darkness through your prayers. 
2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Why does it take time for prayers to be answered? Because second of all, we don't always know how to pray. Are there times in your life that you just don't even know what to pray about? You've got a situation you don't even know what to ask for. And so you have to learn something about what's God's desire in this. And so it takes time to, to get on the same page with God. Romans eight twenty six says in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Sometimes it takes time for prayers to be answered because we don't always ask for the right things. There are times that you need to thank God that he didn't answer your prayer, okay? Because you were asking for something that was not good for you. And God says, I'm not going to do that for you because it's not beneficial to your life. James 4, 8, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Sometimes we're not ready for the answer. That's the reason that we're not getting an answer. We're not ready for it. There's some things that still need to happen in our life that will prepare us for the answer that God wants to bring to us. Jesus in Jerusalem looked out at Jerusalem during his earthly ministry and he knew that there was something he wanted to do for the people of Jerusalem, but they weren't ready. Look with me, if you will, at Matthew 23, 37. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, these are the words of Jesus. You who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. I wanted to do this for you, but you weren't in the place to receive it. And there are times in life that God wants to do something, but, but you're the hindrance to the answer to prayer. And quite often the reason our prayers take time is because our will and our timing are different than God's will and God's timing. God has a perfect will for your life and God has a perfect timing for the execution of his will in your life. And if either of those two things are off, the will of God or the timing of God is off in your life and your prayers, you're going to have to wait to get your prayers answered. That's why Jesus taught us this way to pray in Matthew 9, excuse me, 6, 9, and 10. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me tell you a story in Acts chapter 16. Then we'll read some verses in just a moment. Paul the apostle had to learn this lesson. This great man of God, Paul, as he's going out preaching the gospel, there was a time that as he's turning up and heading into some new territory, he decided that he wanted to go toward the east and preach the gospel toward the east. He'd come out of uh, Damascus, Syria, and all the, that portion of the world and was heading into the northern section. He wanted to turn east to preach the gospel. But every time he tried to turn east to preach the gospel, he, there was a resistance. He couldn't get there. He couldn't do it. There was door, doors were closed, and the Spirit was compelling him not to do that until he made a turn and went in the other direction. Let me read for you in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 8. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit. Notice this, kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Messiah, and they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to, so they, went, so they passed by Messiah and went down to Troas. Here's what I want you to see. Paul had to be directed. He was trying to get God to do something, and God said, that's not what I want to do, okay? You're trying to go east. I want you to go west. Have you ever been going east when God wanted you to go west? 
You ever been going south when God wanted you to go north? Okay. And there are times in life you're trying to push away, trying to make something happen, and God keeps closing the doors and closing the doors. Finally, he said, look, that's not what I want. The Spirit of Jesus wouldn't allow them to go there. And then Paul receives a vision of a man from Macedonia saying, come over here and help us. And he has the Macedonian vision, the Macedonian call, and he heads over to Macedonia and Philippi and preaches the gospel there. And Doors for the gospel open up into Europe, all because he was redirected by the Spirit. Sometimes your prayers aren't answered because you're not praying in accordance with God's will and you haven't lined up with God's timing. And so there are reasons why prayers are delayed, why we don't get the answers. And then there's a third reason why Jesus gives us this parable. I want you to always pray and not give up. Why? Because continued prayer develops us. It develops us. It makes you into the person that God wants you to be. See, when prayers are not answered, you have to persist. You have to develop. As I mentioned a moment ago, these parables are not about God resisting answering our prayers, but it's about him teaching us persistence and learning to pray. Wouldn't it be wonderful if to, if to stay in physical shape, all you had to do was one workout a year? Wouldn't that be awesome? Let me vote for that today, right? Okay, let's just like, just one workout a year. That's all I need, Okay. Just get on the calendar. I'll do my hour workout. I'm good for the rest of the year. Wouldn't that be awesome? Okay. But your muscles don't work that way. You do one workout a year and nothing else for the rest of the year, you know what's going to happen. Okay. You're not going to be in shape. And the thing that keeps you in shape is the continuation of doing an exercise day in and day out. And the same is true when it comes to God and His Word and work in your life, especially in the realm of prayer. Because you need to pray continually because prayer is doing something for you. It's to your benefit. Delayed answers aren't denied answers. They're just doing a work in your life. Look at Psalm 37, verse 4. Take delight in the Lord... And he will give you the desires of your heart. Which comes first? The desires of your heart or delighting in God? Delighting in God does, okay? That when we delight in God, then it's preparing us, it's developing in us this delight for God. And then our desires become consistent with God's desires. And he gives us what seems to be the desires of our heart, but actually it's the desire of God's heart that he's worked inside of us. Psalm 84, verse 11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Now, I'll tell you, he will withhold some bad things from you, but he will not withhold good things from you if you continue to press in to know him and love him and serve him and to spend your energy in relationship with him. James 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, produces patience, persistence. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. God's not slow in answering promises in your life. He's just working in your life in such a way so that you'll be in a position to receive the answer that he has for you. Because delayed answers to prayer, they're going to grow your character. And all of us need our character grown, improved upon. And God uses delays to do that. It will build your spiritual muscles. When you keep praying, even when you don't see an answer, it's building spiritual muscles in you. 
It's going to purify your motives. When you're praying and you're not getting an answer right away, God's working in your heart to purify. He's going to transform your desires. There have been many times in my life that I prayed for one thing, and I thought for sure that's exactly what needed to happen. But the longer I prayed and the longer I waited, God began to work on my desires, and I found myself praying something different than I prayed initially. Why? Because God changed my heart in the process. And all through this, it will teach you an invaluable lesson in your character and in your life. That's patience. You and I need patience because patience is what allows us to possess all God has in store for us. The promises of God are secured by faith and patience. Not just faith, but faith and patience. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart. Something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.